Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fourth season, we're looking at Kenneth Branagh's 2011 film, Thor. I'm Matthew Fox from the Star Wars Universe podcast. And I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And today we're talking about Minute 63, which begins with Coulson interrogating Thor the mercenary and ends with Loki telling Thor that Odin's death is all his fault. And joining us on the show today are the Lando Calrissians to my Han Solo, the people who originally had the, um, although I did not win this podcast in a game of Sabak, uh, I'm not quite as charming, uh, but we have Kyle Olson and Rob Cabosco, the hosts of season two and season three of the Marvel Movie Minute. Uh, gentlemen, what first got you into this whole like movie by minute idea? Oh, desperation. It was yeah. total. I mean, <laughs> okay. yeah, it was, <laughs> it was it was happy circumstances. Rob and I were doing a uh, Doctor Who podcast at the time, Time for Thirteen, which is still uh, available uh, on the uh, Next Real Family of Podcasts. Um, and uh, when uh, they were having scheduling problems, we had sort of we had hit the point where we ran out of Doctor Who episodes, and so I, I sort of <laughs> talked to Andy, and and uh, they they said I said I said hey we're we're not really doing anything right now. If you're looking for somebody to do Hulk, like I got a thing, and I contacted Rob and said, would you be interested in doing like 150 episodes talking about <laughs> Ed, Ed Norton's uh, Incredible Hulk? And he said. Absolutely. Yeah, I, no <laughs> pause, Ooh. no thinking involved. No pause. No, I went right for it. Immediately said yes. <laughs> Little did he know. It's fun. It's it's incredible fun. We had a very, I think, a unique take on it, but I think it is just wonderful. It, I always say this: these podcasts are a celebration of movie making because to go to this level of detail and talk about you know who was the person who played this part or how this effect was done or the backstory of this. Or just even the thinking when we go off on our little tangents, it really is a celebration of the creative process. And so, yay, joy to the, the, the art of filmmaking. Definitely. Well, you're going to hear a lot of discussion about the art of filmmaking in Thor right after this quick break. Have you heard of Patreon? Well, like so many podcasters out there, we are fans of that site. We find it to be a great platform for our fans to support us by becoming patrons. Well, we have now upgraded our site to Patreon's memberful platform, which allows us to build our patron support platform right into our own site. So if you've been thinking of becoming a patron to show your love to the show, but you weren't sure because you just couldn't find us on Patreon, just know we are, in fact, using their platform. Head over to memberful.com if you want to learn more about all of that. But if you want to join us, go to truestory.fm slash marvelmovieminute, and you can click on the membership link. It's only $5 a month. Or you get a discount if you join at the annual rate. Thanks for your support. All right, so we're coming back in the middle of this conversation uh, between Thor and, well, it's not really a conversation. It's very (laughs) one-sided conversation. Coulson Coulson is having his line of inquiry with Thor, not getting anywhere with it. I mean, Thor just will not look at Coulson. I mean, it, I mean, he's angry, dejected, confused. What, what do you think? Mentally in retreat? Is he just resigned? Where Where is he in his headspace right now? May, is he trying to figure out the puzzle that his father left him? Where do you all think he is? Or is he trying to solve the riddle of his heart i dude you oh, just won the back. minute no here you know and here's the thing i mean it really is you get that answer because what happens he's not looking at him and where does he raise his eyes to the question of who are you because he doesn't know mm. clearly colson is a vorlon 
<laughs> Kyle is one of 10 people in the universe who get that who joke. Who are you? <laughs> and interestingly, in the script, Thor actually does reply to him. He says, just a man, which is interesting, but... Ooh, I'm glad that they just decided to leave it yes. silent here because I feel like there's yeah. so much more power mm-hmm. in the way yeah. that he just kind of uh, it's and he looks at Colson there, but it's it's an interesting look of like anger refusal. It's almost like he's saying like this conversation is over. I'm not going to give you anything. I don't know. I I find it so interesting the way that he kind of there's so much being said in his non-talking in this moment and that look. I find it's just I don't know. I think it's great in this moment here. I think it's a fantastic moment. I don't think, though, he's having a specific reaction to Coulson. I I thought of this scene as kind of a throwback to when Thor has just arrived on Earth. He's been hit by a car. People are shouting at him. And he's completely ignoring them because he's only focused on what's happening on Asgard and Heimdall and Odin. And and so to me, what I kind of got out of this was he's still just taking all this in. And he's just kind of like zombie walking through the situation and not really paying any attention. It's only when Coulson says, like, uh, you know, who are you, that he it, it, it kind of clicks back for him, in part because he doesn't know anymore. The answer has always been, who are you? I am the worthy one. I am the one who carries Mjolnir. I am the one who will become king. He doesn't have that answer anymore. And I think that's kind of the heart and soul of why he's so broken right now. Well, and I think and he thinks he's hit rock bottom. But well, he, he hasn't. hasn't. <laughs> and and I think his expression, I see it's shame in those eyes because that mm. expression is the expression that I think anyone who has has spawns knows when you have a young child and that child is misbehaved and they know they messed up and you look them in the eyes and say, you have really disappointed us or a variation thereof. That's the face you get because it is a face of, wow, you just got now you got now you got to my heart. You've asked me a question. Who am I? I don't know the answer to it. And I don't even want to even talk about the answer because I'm ashamed of it. And that's where you really see his. I think the acting is brilliant in this because, again, and again, thank God he didn't have an answer because, yeah, the answer would have ruined it. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, this honestly, the the strength of Hemsworth's performance through this whole thing from the moment I'm from the, the start of our minutes together when he is taken away and he's his face is in tears and he's got the rain pouring down. Like, I mean, it's just it's it's great. And I like he's really carrying this moment here. And for a, an actor who is given such a joyful, robust performance of just it, just intense enthusiasm and just a joie de vie who just is like, you know, so charismatic. Like, this is such a different uh, Thor that we're seeing here. And it's, I mean, it really hurts. And I, I think that's why it works so well. And I, I find that to be so powerful. Yeah, you know, I did a show called Road to Infinity where we watched one Marvel movie minute, Marvel movie a week in anticipation of in, Infinity War. So it was like uh, leading up to it. So we spent basically what you're spending, you know, 120 some uh, minutes on, we spent an hour. Uh, but uh, what I what we found interesting when we were doing that is is how green Chris Hemsworth is. Like he of all the people who sort of step into these major roles, Robert Downey Jr. had an amazing resume before he started. It, it even and even Chris Evans had had a pretty decent thing. Chris Hemsworth comes in pretty green, and I would say he is one of the people who really you see develop on screen. Uh, and so, and and like because and stuff you like, yeah. Other people could other people have done this role, yeah, maybe. But then by the time you get to like you know Ragnarok and stuff too, you're like, oh man, like no one else could play Thor. But it's yeah, a, and right. you see in this scene, 
the beginning, like you can see, oh, there's a lot more to this guy. Like he's not just a big, handsome Australian dude. Like there's a lot more depth going on and, and you, you really get to see like just a glimmer of sort of the amazing talent he's going to become. I think that's such a good way of putting it because as I think about it, I think that, you know, I, I don't really know how to answer the question if, when the question is, what is Thor feeling in this moment? And, and I think that's kind of the point, because honestly, if a character went through this like life shattering, horrid, everything I thought is wrong, everything I thought I know is wrong realization. And then five minutes later, I could look at the, the, the character and know exactly what they were thinking. I, I think that's pretty bad acting and pretty bad directing. So to me, the fact that he's kind of conveying all of these different things, we don't, like, we don't know what's going on in his head because he doesn't know what's going on in his head. Uh, is to me, I think, yeah, real credit to probably Brando's direction, but also very much Hemsworth's acting. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, interestingly, in the script, when Coulson is giving him this line of inquiry, uh, one of the things he says is certain groups pay well for a good mercenary. And then he follows it up with this, especially Hydra. Oh, I think that's really interesting that that was scripted and cut. Yeah. Uh, do any of you have any ideas as to why they would cut that? I, I mean, I have I have a theory, but well, I think maybe because they had started to have they, I think they started to have the plan of what they were they were going to do. I mean, it would still be a few years away, but at this point, Hydra's dead. But they, so I guess they didn't want to have it that there's still out there, you know, as a as a uh, another threat. It's not Spectre. They weren't ready. They weren't ready for it. My sense was also they they had already shot Captain America. That was coming out, you know, right on the heels of this, and I felt like. Maybe we should just leave Hydra, like the whole introduction of the idea and everything of Hydra to that movie, and then we can build it from there. But let's not bring it in yet. And that was kind of my sense, which, you know, I think is smart because, yeah, like you're saying, Rob, I don't think they were ready. Let's let's bring it in in the in the context where it makes the most sense and then we'll figure out what to do with it. OK, and so so now we get this moment where uh, Colson gets a text and I've got to say he, he is the coolest at pulling his phone out of his pocket and checking the text. That is the coolest little move he does. Oh, you think it was a phone? Okay. I kind of thought it was a beeper, like it was a shield beeper, because it's so small. Hey, hey, you know, it could be uh, a beeper, a phone, whatever it is. But the way that he just kind of cups it in his hand. Robbie didn't figure out what model of uh, beeper that was? Well, it's either the PageNet 4700. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Um, no, but I think it is a pager because he doesn't flip or anything. You know what I mean? Like, no, it is. Yeah. I, th I think it's a pager. Well, it's it's a great little like hand movement that he does the way that he pulls it out. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. oh it's great. it's very Cause... smooth. Yeah, I think you know I wouldn't be surprised if he had nothing. Yeah, right. They just went like, oh, let's do a little thing, and then Clark Gregg is so good, he makes you think he's actually carrying a little piece of it because you never see it, you never see the edge of it or the screen or anything. He just does this very smooth motion of like. Well, there is actually actually there is a tiny from the from the oh, is there from the the Dutch angle uh, high scene. There is a reflection on something in his hand. So, I mean, which which even takes me even more to think that it's a pager with a screen that's just reflecting some light. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. It looks like a small phone screen. So, it may, I don't know. When I see it, it looks like maybe an early iPhone or something, but I don't know. Well, they are small. It's very that's hard true, to tell. actually. So, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's an iPod. But regardless, it's it's slick, the, <laughs> the way that he does it all. It's incredibly slick. Well, okay, so someone calls Colson. I, I guess it must be somebody important because I assume that it's not just anybody who's going to beep him or call him whatever, text him, and call him out of an uh, like an, an interrogation like this. So do you think that it's Fury? Do you have any sense? Or do you think that it's just a, a pure script purpose to get him out of the room? I actually had the sense. 
I mean, forgive me for spoiling what happens 15 seconds later in the same minute, <laughs> but I, I had the sense that it was something Loki arranged, you know, that it was some kind of like, maybe it's Loki's voice, you know, doing Fury or something, or it's, you know, Loki just like arranging for someone else to call him at this exact time, or that uh, the timing of it is so perfect that, that I thought it was some kind of Loki shenanigans. I would agree with that. What's interesting about that is, and you know, it's not, it was in the script it didn't make it into the final cut, so it's entirely possible that it's it's not a canon. But in the script, when when the door shuts, Loki says, I thought he'd never leave, <laughs> which makes me think that it's not Loki doing that. But again, that's not canon. I assume you just got an email that said he got the winning bid on the Captain America trading card set that he had been set up on eBay. <laughs> I mean, has he canonically met the cellist by this point? Oh, interesting. It, I, I mean, it, maybe it could be like the like this is his notification of a great cello concert happening in the Pacific Northwest that he should check out sometime. So, you know, who knows? Interesting. Okay, so we're, we're... what if the cellist was Loki all the time? <gasps> Poor Amy Acker. <laughs> <laughs> So whoever it was, Colson is called out of the room, and as he goes through, he he goes up to the the uh, sliding glass door. It's it's you know he's in this mirrored room. You can only see inside, uh, but he slides it open, and we get a brief glimpse of some paperwork hanging on the wall outside there. Rob, did you want to tell us a little bit about that paperwork? I just want to say this: Amen to the assistant to the assistant graphic designer on set that day because here's how this conversation went hey we need papers on the thing and stuff on the wall right there it's gonna be in the shot yeah it's gonna be in the shot focus yeah yeah maybe and stuff what should it be yeah, graph something technical what what do you think we should make it let's make it farts because it's <laughs> methane it's hey, i mean seven percent and i and i did the, i did do the research on this uh seven percent of human parts are, are methane i'm sorry matthew i had to i, I couldn't result i couldn't uh you know let that pass. It is the uh, chemical uh, CH4, and in case you're wondering, PPBV is parts per billion by volume. It's a lot of gas, everybody. Unless the crater, I don't know. How do you explain that? Was methane a big deal? Uh, dead cows. <laughs> is that it? When well, it came down, it was in a cow field. And so mm, just... I, I love the idea that they wanted to get a fart joke into the movie. It's entirely <laughs> possible that that's the only reason it's here. When I was looking, I'm like, you know, math, methane is a gas that is on planets where there's life. And astronomers have found a lot of methane on Mars and Titan, both of which they think they have life. And so I was like, maybe it is something that they've been looking into because they've found larger amounts of methane in this particular area. Is it because of Mjolnir? Is it because of the you know, the, the Bifrost and the, the space travel and stuff? Like, I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. I, I kind of like thinking that now that it is just nothing more than a fart joke. I really hope it is. <laughs> I'm going to find a way to synthesize these all together because Rob, I'm, I love like you bringing up the super detail because <laughs> I had a number of friends from when I went to school who were, you know, very into sciences or whatever, and then wound up with huge amount of student debt doing ridiculous jobs that had nothing to do with what they studied. And we're always kind of like looking for some ways to like remind people like, hey, I know all of this useless knowledge. So I think that, as you said, some assistant to an assistant yes. to an assistant <laughs> was just told, do whatever you want. And the person was like, yes, my moment. <laughs> all of that money I spent at New Mexico State <laughs> learning chemistry. And I happened to learn the chemistry of farts or whatever it is. And it's relevant to alien worlds. I'm going to throw it in right here. So whoever you are, 
You're probably still paying off your student debt. I hope that gets taken care of soon for you, but I'm glad you got to have this moment of telling us the parts per billion of volume of methane that's happening in this moment. Outstanding. <laughs> here, here. We salute you, you unsung hero. <laughs> That's and right. that is how I got through many years of high school without ever doing the homework, but still getting called on by <laughs> teachers. <laughs> All right. So, well, the big thing that happens here is as the door closes, Loki is standing That's there. Such a cool we see Loki in the day. reflection. It's a great, so simple, it's a great, so effective. simple. Yeah, it's a simple shot to to make us feel like he just appeared. The, like the just great camera trickery, very easy, just kind of having a step in, but it works exceptionally. So. Now, Thor sees that Loki's here. My first question is, now granted, Thor doesn't say a lot here, but what do we think the people on the other side of the glass are seeing right now? Are, are they seeing somebody, like, does Loki look like Coulson here? Does Is he invisible to them, and they just see Thor sitting here by himself, talking to himself? Invisible, yes. Yeah, that's my thing. I think that's, I think, my, my, my headcanon has always been that his illusion casting also then can create like basically you know a, a thing around him that he turns him invisible and so i think he's just invisible here now are they watching thor talking to no one that's always a good question too like i'm like oh yeah, so the yeah. guy we captured turns out he's crazy because he's talking to no one yeah well especially because in the next minute not to spoil again but like we do get a scene of loki doing something right in the middle of everything where there's numerous cameras on him that no one reacts to so i think i think not in this scene necessarily, but in just a minute, we learn that, yeah, absolutely, what he's doing is visible only to Thor. But also, why did he dress up then? <laughs> just look, exactly. Because he's Loki. That was my other like, question. He's dressed yeah. in this this amazingly well-tailored suit, and he's got a nice scarf and everything, too. <laughs> and yet no one can see him except for Thor. Why is he dressed in, you know, basically human clothes at all why is he no is he not in asgardian armor i mean when it's your picture in the dictionary under extra like <laughs> <laughs> exactly just, just for the just for the appeal like hey like hey well you know go to earth i might as well get dressed up is this the first time he's shown up Absolutely. in the movie with this outfit mm -hmm. yeah this is it this is the this is the first time he's been in anything other than the one outfit we've seen him in well well that we know but now but turns out that after the show it turns out he has been on earth many times in the past oh yeah yeah right but, but loki television series has shown us that he has been here for this is not his first time oh. visiting midgard well and and theoretically thor's been here before i mean he recognizes you know in the script when he's on the ground he's like blue sky yellow one sun this, oh this is midgard and, and i mean people theoretically have all these myths about him and he's come here and had plenty of drinks and songs and women and uh yeah so i mean they've both theoretically have been here before um so yeah i don't know what were you gonna say about that rob oh that the, the scarf is the one uh prop that he stole oh oh really you know that he's been seen <laughs> yeah that he has the scarf like he actually has the scarf he's been taken pictures have been taken of him out and about <laughs> with this scarf so i think that's kind that's of a awesome. neat little little uh piece there and it also could be that maybe he had some other business to take care of like he's like going to see a show maybe he's going to neither is there was the ring cycle being performed somewhere he looks so well he's yeah he's got to get there from puente antiguo so <laughs> we'll see um okay so so he's got this like little conversation that he's having here and this whole thing i mean it's a it's a dark conversation that he has and it's fairly interesting, you know, this whole thing like, Loki, what are you doing here? I had to see you. What's happened? Tell me, is it Jotunheim? Let me explain to father. Father is dead. What? Your banishment, the threat of a new war. It was too much. 
this is why Loki came. I mean, this is where are we with our headcanon with Thor right or with Loki right now, as far as like what is he what are his machinations right now? Any thoughts on on what uh I mean he's got the he's got the power now. Is this like his final thing he needs to do to kind of completely shut the door on Thor and and get his final revenge? I think so. I think it's it's torturing Thor. Like he's basically you know, he's like he's like, Hey, oh I saw you fell. I'm gonna kick you while you're down. I mean Yeah. And and also because Thor is the major threat and is the one who's foiled all Loki's plans, this is a way of like, oh, I don't have to defeat you physically or you know send a you know send you to fight frost trolls or whatever i can just destroy you <laughs> i can just crush your soul right here and you'll just be a sad old man on earth now and i'll be up on the throne this will be great you're dead stay dead <laughs> yeah that's what this is yeah. yeah yeah i i definitely i definitely think there's a lot of that especially both the like he's definitely getting a lot of enjoyment out of this but i do think this is also a very strategic move for mm-hmm. him you know that this is what like he probably knows that Thor has been trying to get his hammer, trying to get it back. And and Loki might know that it's possible for Thor to do it. And and this is his way of being like, you have to stop trying. You have to. And to me, I you know, I think one of the great things that a movie like this can capture and, and that the Loki character captures is that, you know, the best lies have some truth mixed in. And the best time of faking an emotion is when there's some truth to it. And we know that Odin isn't dead. We know that Frigga did not uh, forbid Thor from coming back, but we do know that Odin was sent into this emotional, you know, kind of coma in large part because of all the stuff that happened to Thor, in part because of the stuff that happened to Loki as well, and that their mother, Frigga, is very upset about all of this. And so in some ways, I feel like this is kind of like Loki does actually blame Thor for what's happening. He also this way can ignore his own part that he had to play in, in what happened to his father. Um, and, and so, yeah, like, I think he's definitely being this is his heel turn. You know, this is yeah. I've talked in, in, I've talked a couple weeks ago about how I used to think that Loki was a villain throughout. I now believe that Loki only really makes a full heel turn halfway through the movie. But this is definitely part. This is where he is. Like, I do still think he thinks he's best for Asgard, but also he wants this power. He finally is going to get it. And the last thing he wants is Thor coming back and taking the spotlight again. And and so he is, you know, to me, it proves what a brilliant manipulator he is. Because the thing I think that more than anything is that your mother has forbidden it. Mm-hmm. That's the next minute. So stop talking. That about is, that. Shut, shut up. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I'm getting really bad about that. I apologize. But yeah, but even just the father is dead. You know, um, it, it, it's all of that. It, it's it's just that there's a lot of truth there, and then Loki mixing that in with a lot of just incredibly painful lies. That one may smile and be a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, well. Let's. I, I I feel like we're kind of at the end of this minute. This minute anyway. So let's wrap this up because we've got. A lot more, as obviously Matthew's ready to just <laughs> jump into the next minute. <laughs> so let's let's uh, call it quits for this minute. We'll come back and we'll finish this conversation because it's a whole minute of Loki pretty much monologuing to Thor in this next uh, minute. So we're going to uh, uh, put a pin in that and come back tomorrow and uh, we'll finish it then. Sounds good. Well, Kyle and Rob, thank you as always so much for being a part of this. Uh, is there anything that people know, uh, that we haven't got a chance to talk about that either of you are doing right now that 
fans could check out in terms of like social media presence you have or you know places we can send carrier pigeons or ways we can annoy you when you're out in public like what do we social got what uh i i do have an <laughs> occasionally uh um updated uh podcast called the curiosity codex that rob uh, wilson is, is show up on it is uh not put out as often as i would like to be but it's still up there uh so uh check that out if you're looking for some uh content especially if you're fa- if you're a star trek fan i did like five episodes about star trek nice wonderful show I was very uh, honored to be a guest on. And we do have other projects that are in pre-production. So just stay. By the time you listen to this, maybe there will be things that you will uh, be able to find us on. So uh, stay tuned. Big in 22. Big. I like it. I like it. Breaking news right here. All right. Well, to both of you, thank you so much. Andy, as always, thank you so much for uh, uh, taking care of all this to make this show happen. And to the fans, thank you all. Have a great day. Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is One Last Ride by Martin Puringer. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show. Music